morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Adam, and today I'm talking to myself pretty much uh, exclusively at this point, I think. I don't know, maybe. Um, and I got to thinking. I woke up this morning, and I hopped on the computer and started just researching a bunch of crazy stuff because I wanted to, you know, do a uh, do a podcast episode. And then, uh, you know, I got inspired. My eyes were, like, super watery when I woke up this morning. And I was like, was I crying in my sleep? Was I, you know, was some, did something crawl into my eyeball and piss in it? My eyes are watery? Like, what, what happened? So then I got to thinking, why do we cry? What exactly is it that makes us cry? What are tears? That's a good question, too. I kept thinking, what are tears, man? What the hell are those things? Is it just water? Why is it salty? What's going on in there? If I had salt water in my eyes, I'd be bothered. What the hell is that? So I did a little re- bit of research, and when I say a little bit, I mean a little bit. I got a few tabs open here, so you may hear me clicking a little bit, but I don't care. You're probably used to it by now. Um, but um, I just want to kind of dive into it a little bit. So uh, I got a couple pages open here from How Stuff Works. Science is great. I love them. There's so much fun to learn from. Um, and I also have one just medical news today. It's a little bit more official, um, but you know what? We're just those are, those are the main ones I got most of my info from, so... Let me just read you a little excerpt as what tears are. So, the article starts. What happens when you cry exactly? A salty fluid chock full of protein, water, mucus, and oil is released from the lacrimal gland in the upper outer region of your eye. The fluid, better known as tears, then flow down the surface of your eye, across your face, and smears your mascara. If I had a nickel (laughs) for every time that happened, hot diggity damn. Um... So what they talk about here is to talk about how there are three more common types of tears that we usually experience, aside from any sort of crazy ones when we're sick or crying blood or anything, which that can happen. Um, so they say three types of tears exist, uh, all with different purposes. Um, they're called, there are what's called uh, basal tears, reflex tears, and emotional tears, which we'll go over in a second. But I thought a fun little tidbit, uh, I want to read this other little excerpt here. It says, the human body produces an average of 5 to 10 ounces of basal tears each day. They drain through your nasal cavity, which is the reason so many of us develop runny noses after a good sob fest. Now, I did not know that. Holy shit. I had no idea that some of that that was trying to come out of my nose, and often does. I'm a nasally guy. Um, post-nasal dripping, I'll just, you know, you thought the deviated septum fix would fix it, but it didn't. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh... They, they drain down your nasal cavity. Holy crap. Like, it makes sense. They're all so close together. But, I mean, how many of you really thought, boy, some of this stuff that's coming out of my nose is tears. Seriously. Never would have thunk it. Never would have thought it. How funny is that? But 5 to 10 ounces, wow. It's pretty alright. So, let's go over kind of the difference between them a little bit. Um, I lost my notes a little here. Um, so, there are basal tears, right? The tear ducts usually secrete these because, you know, they're, according to this, they're more rich in protein and they're antibacterial, and that's what happens when we blink. It helps keep our eyes moist, so that way our eyes don't feel like raisins in in our sockets, you know. I think (laughs) nobody wants raisin balls. Actually, I think I'd love a raisin ball. That sounds great. I think that sounds good. I would, I would take a raisin ball. Um... The other ones are reflex tears. These ones are the ones that usually will happen, like, if, if there's any sort of injury or irritants that get into our eyes. Typically, like, if you're on a lot of smoke, your eyes may water. Uh, you know, they, when they talk about when you cry when you cut onions, like, that's what reflex tears are. It's like because there's an irritant 
getting in them and your eyes are trying to protect you. Um, and so like anything, dust, whatever, anything that gets in there that makes your eyes go, oh crap, I don't like that. Like that's what reflex tears are. Um, and uh, so I'm going to read this little piece here. It says, the sensory nerves in your cornea communicate this irritation to your brainstem, which turns, which in turn sends hormones to the glands and the eyelids. These hormones cause the eyes to produce tears, effectively ridding them of the irritating substance. Well, thank you, reflex tears. Thank you, because I get shit in my eyes all the time. I have eye allergies every day. I'm making my eyeballs work, work more than they should. My eyes are always itchy. Help me. Help me, reflex tears. I need them. I need, I need you right now more than ever. Allergy season's all year round for this guy. Um... But yeah, so that's the first two. There's basal and reflex. And of course, the last type is emotional. You know, the ones that we usually associate with crying uh, or tears in general. Um, anytime that where sadness is triggered, starting in the cerebrum, for those of you who are curious, I know you're asking. So just, just in case you're, you're, you're wondering, um, the, um, the endocrine system is triggered to release hormones to the ocular area, which then causes tears to form. Emotional tears are common among people who see Bambi's mother die or who suffer personal losses. That's like a big jump. Well, maybe for some people it isn't, but that's a big jump from Bambi. You know, that didn't really affect me, but you know, whatever. So, um, so those are the three tears, uh, three types of tears that we have. Um, now, there are different benefits to, to crying in general, um, and some things you probably already know, but I think it's worth talking about, um, again, because I like to talk a little bit, kind of like psychological studies a little bit. Um, so, like, you know, we, when we were babies, right, we, they'd always say, let them cry themselves to sleep. Just cry, you know, let the baby cry, let the baby cry. Because um, it is a way that they, you know, crying for babies is a way that they communicate. That's all they know how to communicate is cry when I'm upset, cry when I'm happy. You know, they don't always cry when they're happy, but sometimes... Cry when I'm uncomfortable, cry when I'm sad, cry when I'm in pain, or cry when I have poop. You know, which all those things pretty much are the same thing. I just want to sound smarter. Um, but they cry when they're uncomfortable, because that's all they know how to do. They can't tell you anything. Um, but it's also what they use when, they, that's why they say let them cry themselves to sleep, because it is a comforting mechanism. It's how, you know, they have to get all this anxiety and this stress and this this discomfort out by crying it out, so that way they can calm down. Um, and that is actually, that, that is no different for the human adult. And the, and the human baby. <laughs> in, case, in case you're curious if I was talking about other kinds of babies. Which, you know, animal babies might too. I don't know. I'm, I'm no, you know, an, anim, animologists, whatever those are. People who study animals. That's what that's called, right? <laughs> animologist. Uh, shut up. Leave me alone. Zoologist. There it is. Um, so, of course, it can have a soothing effect. You know, it reduces your, your stress levels. can regulate your emotions. Um, you know... Uh, so they say that crying um, activates what they call the parasympathetic nervous system, the PNS, or penis, <laughs> which helps people relax. So there you go. Enjoy that. But now, this is one that I thought was interesting. Excuse my sniffles. Um, is, uh, I, and it makes total sense. Uh, you know, it says crying helps you get support from others. Well, duh. You know, that's such a duh thing. But, you know, um, yeah, they had a... They had, it was a 2016 study, so it's a little bit older. Um, but they explained that uh, crying is a, primarily an attachment behavior. And typically it will garnish support. Garnish? Garner? Garner support? Is that the word I'm looking for? It'll get support, not garnish. Garnish might be something else. They garnish your wages, I know that. Uh, so they, 
it might gain more support from others around you because uh, they, they relate this as what they call a social benefit. So typically, I mean, think about it. If you see somebody crying, um, your innate response is to wonder what's wrong with them, right? So like, how cool is that, that it triggers a psychological effect, like right away, this interpersonal benefit, the social benefit of just like, oh, there's somebody in need. There's somebody who's crying. What can I do to help them? Like if you saw somebody sobbing in, 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 in public, like if you're on the bus or on the train or at a supermarket and you see somebody just crying like in an aisle or in their seat, like even if maybe you wouldn't be gutsy enough to talk to them, like you would want to, like your innate response would be like, more often than not anyway, not everybody feels the same thing all the time. Not, we're not all robots, but um, I think that's interesting that like all of a sudden, like it triggers that. So uh, it's kind of cool to think that you know, we're all wired to care in some way, shape or form when we see some, or at least be curious, um, which makes me feel really, really good to know. Cause there's a lot of bad people out there but I think even for them, if they see somebody crying, unless there's something really mentally uh, miswired in their brain, uh, which can happen, most of us are tra are trained and to naturally feel something when we see somebody cry. How cool is that? Um, so I was really really excited to read that because that's that's pretty much my heart every day. Is like I'm 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 hardwired to care about everyone all the time about anything. Um, would you guys hear my stomach growl? Just go settle down down there. Record first, eat later. Um, also, it found out. Uh, I, it found out. Yes, me. I am it. It found out. <laughs> it found. I'm having a good time. Um, uh, that you know, of course, it can help relieve pain because uh, sh shedding emotional tears release, releases different endorphins and oxytocin. Uh, oxytocin's um, one that they used to call it, that they but they might still call it the cuddle hormone, which also makes you feel good. Um, and they can ease physical pain and emotional pain. Um, you know, so um, sometimes you gotta let it out. You know, if you, there's no shame in letting out the tears if you're truly upset. So just, just let it out, man. Um, now, one that I thought was quite interesting is uh, crying can release uh, it can release the stress hormones, like I mentioned earlier, and feel-good hormones and endorphins. But it also releases toxins from your body. Uh, some of your tears are actually composed of different chemicals depending on which ones that they are. And they find here that um, emotional tears typically are the ones that have the most, the most chemical output um, when they're being released. And, it's and the guess is that it's, it's not that those tears in particular are composed of that when they're made. It's what they collect on their way out. Uh, which I find super fascinating that it's, it's another... I mean, because we talked before about reflex tears, but reflex tears are what they produce to help keep things from getting farther in and kick them out. Emotional tears are when they're taking, like... Because typically when you're stressed out or when you're working too hard or whatever, your body produces these negative chemicals, these negative reactions, right? And so your body's like, ooh, we got to get those out of there. Uh, now, typically when you sweat... Uh, you release those as well. Like it's just coming from a different part of your body. So sweating helps cool you down, but it also flushes out other toxins. Um, and so crying does that too, which I think is freaking awesome. Uh, I'm learning so much about our eyeballs and our tears right now that like, oh, tears for fears, man. You guys got it. You figured it out. You understand. You know, like I don't know. <laughs> you know, so everybody always is like, oh. 
big girls don't cry or oh i'm you know all the songs about crying i've been crying so much and it's so terrible and like it is and to a degree like your emotional well-being of course is paramount but just you could reel that in a little bit it's like you know what yeah i'm having a really hard day today but guess what i'm crying right now and i am flushing so many toxin toxins out of my body i am getting healthier just by letting it all out man like if you think nothing else about emotional health think about your physical health and you're like you know what i need to cry i'm sad i'm gonna let it out not because i'm a wuss you know if you're if you're too manly or too womanly to think like oh i'm too strong to cry you know what then think think you know what it's not about being emotionally strong it's about being physically healthy so there you go bang you're welcome <laughs> you're welcome buddy tears are like yes we the tear producers the men in the factory that are just producing all the tears they're they're there for you they're helping you out man so you know yeah suck it toxins um also these bad boys fight bacteria uh you know which seems like it would go without saying but just fun to say um so there's this um uh it, I'm, actually i'm just gonna read it to you it makes more sense it says crying helps kill bacteria and keep the eyes clean as tears contain a fluid called Ooh, i didn't think i don't know if that's an l or if that's an i if that's an i then it's lysozyme if that's an i it's like e isozyme i can't tell you know because some fonts like the lowercase l also looks like they're capital i's how am i supposed to know how am i supposed to know if that's an i or an l it's pissing me off. You know what? I'm just going to Google it real quick. Lysozyme. Let's just see. Or is it? Let's see. It's an L, guys. It's an L. I just had it, the lady scream it into my ear. It's called Lysozyme. There you go. Perfect. So it's called Lysozyme for anybody who's curious. That's an L. <laughs> I was going to say an I. I don't know why I put together. That's a tough word, but who the hell am I to know? Anyway, they say that tears can, can say Lysozyme. There you go. Adam got it. Uh, they find that it has antimicrobial properties, which is good and helps uh, pr reduce risks presented by bioterror agents such as anthrax. So there you go. Remember when that was a big scare? They could come back. See? 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 It's, it's, it's all there. Uh, the last one is that it helps improve your vision. So, you know, maybe if you cry enough, so you, you won't need your glasses. I don't know. That's just what it says. It, well, it doesn't say that. Don't take... I didn't say... I said that. They didn't. They didn't say that. So don't... Uh, don't uh, say, hey, I learned on a podcast today that if I cry a lot, I don't need my glasses, Mom. Or whomever. <laughs> um, but they say, as the National Eye Institute explains, the lubricating effects of basal tears helps people to see more clearly. When the membranes dry out, vision can become blurry. Boom. How about that? When uh, basal tears, which are released every time you blink, helps keep the eyes moist and prevent mucous membranes from drying out. You know, and sometimes, sometimes people stare too much. Actually, I don't know what they're trying to say there. They're talking about basal tears. If I'm being honest, I thought they were still talking about the emotional ones. And you know what? All these are good. All these are good. All tears are good. That's what you should take away from this so far. While I take a sip. Whoop, I punched my desk. Hope that wasn't too loud. Mm-mm-mm. So, what are we, what are we going to do here? What are we going to do? All right. So. What we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about crying and typically what, why do we cry? What makes us cry? And what the hell is the point? You know, I mean, we have all these little, these little things about, um, you know, the tears that help us, they clean us out. Um, but like, what, what's going on here? Like where, where do some of these, um, 
where do these mysteries come from? Like, why is this stuff not like stuff that we already know? Um, or why is it that men think that they shouldn't cry? And why is it that women cry more? Um, well, turns out um, that when you uh, men typically uh, when they when they develop more testosterone as they grow up, uh, that actually pushes their tears. It doesn't push their tear levels down, but it pushes the want to cry down because men start to focus on other things. And typically, older boys and men sweat more than women. Women have more, um, you know, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? It's not testosterone. It's the opposite. Estrogen. There we go. Pow. Got it. Um, estrogen is a much more of an emotional, uh, a, a deeper emotional, I should say, uh, process and um, chemical that allows women to cry more where men typically don't uh, that's kind of the thing is like they men kind of have to re-try to tap into some of that emotion um, because chemically it is it is more likely more often than not especially men who develop a lot more testosterone because not everybody develops the same amount as you get older uh, at least to my knowledge um so men kind of have to um, really kind of reverse engineer their their emotions a little bit sometimes just because I think not only in, in society do we feel, uh, not only in society do we feel like we are, um, like it's not okay to cry like a lot of men, you know, and there are women too that, that think that it's, it's a weak sign of weakness to cry. Like I, I think that there's a... a you know, and movies and media and everything also give us this impression that, like, crying is bad for men. Men have to be the strong one. Men have to be the caretakers or the, or the, or the breadwinners, you know. Like, again, I know it's, it's, it's a different time now, but, like, that's how it was for decades. Um, and still is in a lot of places. So for men, we, we, we really, I say we, but I'm super in touch with my emotions. I'm doing a podcast where I share everything. I've, I've sort of cried on this podcast already, so, like, <laughs> I don't give a shit. Um... But men are typically groomed to not cry as much. And so there's a part of this article that I'm reading now um, from How Stuff Works, which is really exciting. Um, somebody who wrote the book, um, Muriel Langsleth, she wrote a book called Crying, the Mystery of Tears. Uh, crying, colon, the Mystery of Tears. The colon's like the punctuation, not the word colon. That'd be weird. Tears from my butt. That's my next album. My next studio album is Tears from my butt. Uh, I gotta write that one down. <laughs> tears from my butt you know what I am I'm going to write that down because I think that's really funny uh, I'm just going to type it into one of my sticky notes right now tears from my butt there we go lol alright back to what I was talking about so uh, she writes this book crying the mystery of tears so she estimates that women have about 60% more prolactin in their bodies at any given time than men um, so this uh, this prolactin uh, is also, you know, one of these one of these things that we produce that, that kind of helps manipulate the emotions into things in life and stuff. At least from what I'm understanding, I, like I said, I didn't, like, dive too deep into this, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, when, when you, when you go through, um, this, uh, actually, you know what? I'll just read it so I can give it to you exactly what it's supposed to be, so... They talk about how after childhood ends, like, things start to change in the body. 
So it says, after babyhood ends, researchers believe that girls and boys do equal amounts of crying until they reach the hormone-fraught adolescent years, just like we were talking about earlier. And as, as levels of testosterone skyrocket in boys, their amount of crying plummets. The opposite is true for girls, whose estrogen levels begin to rise substantially during early teenage years. So, so this is where they talk about prolactin. They say this is especially interesting considering the relationship between the protein prolactin and breast milk production, which only happens in women. Perhaps this is why women cry roughly four times as much as men, according to biochemist and researcher William Frey and co-author Muriel Langsliff, the people who wrote Crying, the Mystery of Tears. Um, and so, so this prolactin chemical that mixes with their breast milk, plus those estrogen levels that rise in women, uh, a, a, an emotional combination, as it were. So they estimate that about 60% more prolactin in their bodies at any given time than men. So they say these elevated levels are more likely to cause women to cry because the protein revs up the endocrine system, which you know pushes all those chemicals forward. Um, one study re um, that required research subjects to record how often they cried over one year found that women cried roughly 64 times a year compared to only 17 for men. No, did they really track every time they cried? Because I really like to think about that. How many times do I cry? Hmm. Mm. Hmm. I, I mean, I cry probably more than the average guy, but 64 times a year, but only 17 for men. 17 for men, that sounds like a lot. They must have really good lives. They just not talk about their emotions or anything. I mean, maybe that's normal. Is 64 a lot? I don't know. Because they're, let's see, they're 52 weeks in a year. So they're already crying at least once a week, if not more. So that's what they're saying. Where men are crying, at least in this study, not even close to half. Like, that's like a, like a fourth, maybe, not even. My math isn't good. Um, but still, that's, um, it seems low or high. I don't really know. Um, but I guess I missed that part when I read through this the first time. Uh, so anyway, um, as I talked about before, typically they say not only is it because of these, these proteins uh, and these chemicals mix inside of women, but men typically have other metabolic and physical things going on. So they sweat a lot more. Uh, they release a lot more of those toxins we talked about earlier that um, you find in emotional tears when you, know, when you sweat and when you work out. That's probably why a lot of men work out is because they get a lot of those they need something to release all those emotions. So they're probably not doing it because they're thinking, oh, I, I, I feel like I'm going to cry, so I'm going to work out instead. Although some men probably do. Um, they're probably like, you know what? I need a good cry, so I'm going to go cry through my pores instead of my eyeballs. Um, which, I mean, if that's how you do it, you got to do it. You got to let it out. Um, nothing wrong with that. Um, and a lot of women do that too. I bet you that the women who work out the most probably cry less. Uh, that's just my guess. But um, typically you're, you're, ex you're expelling those those chemicals to a different means and you know you gotta do what you gotta do um so um but so they say as you approach middle age men begin to cry more and get angry less and while women experience the exact opposite so i guess it starts to starts to balance out there um as you get a little bit older so who knows maybe i'm just ahead of the field a little bit but i still get angry enough so i don't know um so uh, so they also say, according to Women's Health magazine, they say that men typically cry only when suffering major losses. The rest of the time, they just get angry when they are stressed out or frustrated. Women, however, are more likely to cheer up when simply frustrated. Women tend to cry more loudly and with many more tears than men. 
This is believed to be because men have smaller tear glands than women, so they just can't produce the same volume in one sitting than women do. Well, how about that? I don't know if that's true or not, but that's an interesting little factoid to learn. Um, so, so they essentially what what I'm getting from that is that they they feel that men only when they're experiencing something extreme that they will cry openly, where women sometimes uncontrollably or or more comfortably will let their tears out when they're frustrated. Like I actually work with a girl. Uh, you know what? I actually work with a girl who I used to date, as I mentioned in a previous episode, who um, experiences that where whenever she's frustrated, just that's the first thing that happens. Even if she's not like so emotional, she's not sad. You know, she's just frustrated. She's angry. She's whatever it is. And tears are the first thing that comes. She just naturally, that's what happens. And I can tell. So sometimes I can tell before she knows that she's, I mean, I know that sounds weird, but like, I don't know if she realizes that people can tell just how frustrated she is because her eyes start to get real glassy real quick and you can tell just something's going on. So sometimes when people, that's just the first reaction. It's just when you're frustrated or when you're angry. It's not that you're sad. It's just that you don't know what to do with all those emotions. So your body says, let them out. Toxins are building. Get them out. Get this stuff out of me. Um, where uh, Or people who are just like, you know what? I'm sad. I'm just going to let it out because I don't care what people think. You know, And I think that's great. Um, and I'm not just saying that because that's what I do. Um, but, uh, you know, men apparently uh, more f- frequently or colloquially typically need something more traumatic to happen. Then they're just like, you know what? I lost a friend. I lost my dog. I uh, Something emotionally impactful. You know, I lost my job, uh, my livelihood, whatever it is. That seems to be the more common thing. But that sucks, doesn't it? Doesn't that suck that that's like what's normal? Um, like I know that like some, some of it's metabolic and some of it is... Just, you know, chemical, but like, I think some of that is society too, because they, they say that like, a lot of people think that crying is a sign of weakness, at least like, I think on the surface, I like to believe that most people know, at least by now in 2020, that it's okay to cry, I think most people know that, um, but they, uh, they, how do I want to say it, they, on the surface, they don't let it out like that sometimes. I think that, like, if they see their friend cry or if they see somebody crying, they're just like, you know, wuss or whatever. But mostly it's because they're not okay with their own emotions to so let it out that way, I think. Um, and there are women who also proliferate that. I think, you know, I've seen uh, spouses in arguments and if the guy starts to cry, the woman would insult him because he's getting emotional. Um, you know, because you're supposed to be a big tough guy or whatever. I like to think the strongest guys are the ones that are okay with crying, you know? Strong guys cry. There you go. It's okay to cry. Um, you know, I think I think crying is a very beautiful way for us to let out a piece of who we are for people to see. And, um, I mean, that's awesome. I, I, think, I think letting that out is strong, and you're letting yourself be vulnerable, and you're giving people a piece of you. And, um... Yeah, pretty, it's pretty great, but, you know, it just, it sucks that that's what a lot of people think, or at least on the surface, that's what they show, um, and, uh, they say here, uh, actually, there's a piece that talks about this, um, they say, according to researchers, um, um, they say that, um, the accepting of men shedding tears, although it may fail to be, um, commonly acknowledged is accepted to show strength 
So even though people might not always acknowledge it on the surface saying, oh, well, you know, it's okay that men cry, um, they do say that people who acknowledge it realize that it's a sign of strength and that men actually feel stronger because of it. In fact, some men who cry publicly are viewed as sensitive and enlightened. This is a quote from the article. Um, so, um, some it, it actually, it's funny here, lower in the article, it says, some figures consider it a good PR move to cry publicly in order to gain sympathy during a crisis. Now, I wouldn't say that you should make yourself cry, but if you are feeling emotional, let it out. Um, so I think I think it's good that there, there there's some acceptance of it. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying that, like, there's, like, a big... Um, that there's, there's this big uh, push to stop people from crying or to make fun of men for crying. There's not, like, a huge stigma, but... Um, I do think I do think there's still enough people that will let out on the surface that they disapprove of it, disapprove, disapprove, disapprove. They don't approve. That's what I'm trying to say. Not disapprove. Um, but I'm hoping that you know. I think I think with the advent of the internet and YouTube and, and and podcasts, more people are okay to let out parts of themselves online, and I think there is a greater response for it. I just wish that like in our day to days that we were more social with it and more appreciative of it um and like i mentioned earlier i think it's super fascinating that we are for the most part wired to care when we see somebody crying or upset and i think that's in nature too i think more often than not like you know lion cub cries out mom comes lion cub cries out its friends come um you know the dog cries you know like one of the other other critters are going to come and console it. I've seen cats and dogs console each other. Like I think, I think it's really cool that we're wired to care about the other creatures that are upset. Um, so uh, hopefully we can keep that that whole gravy train running because I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, but I've been talking for almost a half an hour now, so I should probably wrap this puppy up. Um, so many fun things. So I wouldn't. I forgot about this actually. <laughs> Shit. Um, so. <laughs> So at the end of this article, this is why I love how stuff works. It's so, <laughs> it's, it's so, uh, <laughs> it, it always has these just strange, like semi-related articles or like little snippets of articles that kind of get posted towards the end where the tags are and where the sources are cited, uh, which I love their sources, by the way, I do check them and I think it's great that they, you know, that they, that they aren't just like putting random crap, um, but the uh, <laughs> right, right below the summation of the of the article, there's a big blue block. Inside of it is black text, and in big black letters at the top of it, it says, "Can semen make you happier?" <laughs> and I guess since we're talking about fluids coming out, I suppose that that's kind of a related article. So I know this isn't related entirely, but I just wanted to read this to you because I thought that it was interesting. Um, it's a little bonus content for you at the end of this longer episode here. Um, it says, according to, psych- <laughs> according to Psychology Today, Gordon G. Gallup, Ph.D., a psychologist at the State of University of New York in Albany, released a study in 2002 detailing results of a survey of, a nearly, 300, of nearly 300 college women who either used condoms during sexual intercourse, did not use condoms, or just plain didn't have sex. Gallup's findings indicated that the respondents who did not come into direct contact with semen were more likely to become depressed or even suicidal. Gallup attributes this to a composition of semen, 
to the composition of semen, which he says contains mood-altering chemicals like prolactin, uh, something else I'm not going to pronounce, testosterone, estrogen, and prostaglandins, let's call them. And then it says, note, you may become depressed if you contract a sexually transmitted infection, so condoms are still a great idea. <laughs> so I don't dive too far into this. I, I think I might just because I'm curious. Um, I think I'm going to add that to my list of episode ideas because I just got to, <laughs> I got to, I got to know, I got to learn. So I'm just going to look, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to type in, can semen make you happier? And we will follow up on that later. Um, I'm not going to discuss that right now, although I have some thoughts just based on the surface, but I don't want to judge it until I read further. Although I do find it interesting that you say, if you don't come into contact with semen, you're more suicidal. Put that on a t-shirt. Um, but I'm going to wrap it up there, as you should. You should wrap it up. Exactly what they said. Wrap it. Wrap it hard. Wrap your whacker before you attack her, boys. Um, and I say attack her loosely. Don't attack her. You know what I mean. It's just a rhyme the thing. You know, don't be a fool. Wrap your tool. There you go. All right. Anyway, so wrapping up here, as I was mentioning, I, I could do it all day. Uh-huh. So... I wanted to say before I do finish this um, today, I usually thank everybody, and I will, but I did want to say that I finally have some social media up. Um, I am on Instagram, and I am currently on um, on, the, on the Twitter as well. I'll be honest with you, I'm not very, I, I don't use those very often, so I'm still learning the layout. I've gotten quite a bit of advice on how to use them effectively, and how Instagram's more of like a more of like a picture contest kind of thing um but you know what I'm, I'm gonna try it but i'm gonna do it my way i don't i don't want to play the game so hard that i get lost in advertising and just trying to be something that i'm not but i like it it's a great opportunity i see the value in them and it lets me connect with people and i think that's what i like about it most is it lets me connect with listeners um and talk to some of you a little bit more directly who are, are enjoying the podcast so and for those of you who have reached out thank you sincerely that's like so freaking cool of you um, I'm blown away. It's not huge yet, but I'm getting consistent listeners now, and that is so cool. Um, so you can find me. Just look for Shares A Lot on Instagram. And I think my handle on Twitter is Adam Shares A Lot, Adam underscore Shares A Lot. So that's A D A M. I know I spell my name sometimes A T O M, but that's just for fun. But just so people can find me easier, it's Adam underscore Shares A Lot, or just Shares A Lot if you want to search that, and Shares A Lot on Instagram. So Come and find me and talk to me, huh? That'd be fun. Keep me some company when I'm having a having a long day and trying to figure out if semen makes me happy. So um, there you go. So there's that. If you want to check it out, that would be great. Thank you so much. Uh, but as always, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for checking me out and listening to me talk about all this weird stuff and sometimes losing my train of thought and sometimes just forgetting what I'm talking about or sounding stupid. I appreciate the hell out of you. I really do. Um, and as always, from me to you, I hope that you're taking care of your mind, taking care of your heart, and taking care of each other. Mental health is important. Community is important. Relationships are important. Hold on to them, baby. Forge those relationships. Build those bridges. And have a good freaking day.